Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday. What a huge day. Ireland versus the All Blacks. We have plenty of build-up. And they're going to be meeting Argentina in the semi-final. Argentina have just pulled off an unbelievable win against Wales. If all of this is just a loser. Anyway, we'll get into it later on. Off the balls, Adrian Barry is in Paris. He spoke to us earlier and we'll hear from the players and management as well. Busy day of sport elsewhere. Action in the hurling at the park today. And tomorrow, of course, Shawnee McGrath will preview tomorrow's county hurling final. John McCarthy was at today's ladies football county final. We have all the reaction to Nabby's win as well as Liz Gould who picked up June D honours. Bad night last night for the Republic of Ireland. We'll get the thoughts of our own Chidozi Ogbeni, but there's plenty more besides all of that between here and 7 pm. You're listening to the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock, and just as I said. Argentina 29, Wales 17, Wales were 17-12 up with maybe about 10 minutes to go, what a performance by Argentina, they do love winning a quarterfinal it has to be said and uh, Ireland have uh, been on the wrong end of a few of them haven't they against Argentina in the quarterfinals and yeah like <laughs> if all it is to beat South Africa in the groups to beat the All Blacks tonight in a quarterfinal is to go face Argentina in a semi-final and that old enemy in World Cups that always have the hang-up in Ireland. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, look, there's a big night to get through, first of all. Um, it's starting to get a bit stressful, isn't it? This this World Cup was lovely there a couple of weeks ago after beating South Africa and everyone was singing and uh, it's starting to get a bit stressful now, isn't it? Uh, but look, plenty more on that a little later on in the show let's have a look at uh, what has been going on today of course just under two hours uh, to go until Ireland take on New Zealand um, it wasn't so great last time out in 2019 but it's a much different uh, team now and uh, like we said it is Argentina waiting in the uh, semi-final for the winners of that. Piemont United were crowned this season's Women's Premier Division champions. They defeated Wexford Utes 2-0. Good day for Cork City as well. They beat Treaty United by goal to nil. Heidi O'Sullivan with the strike there. Shelburne are on course for a place at the Women's FA Cup final. The holders lead Shamrock Rovers 2-0 approaching full-time at Tallis Stadium. At the showgrounds, the meeting of Sligo Rovers and Athlone Town is just underway. And uh, just jump down here to the uh, Gaelic Games. Uh, the Co-op Superstore Senior A Hurling Championship, that replay, of course, between Bride Rovers and Blarney, was contested today. And it was Blarney who won out 3.15 to 1.12. And they will now face Town in the decider. And uh, Aaron Zone then are taking on St. Catharines in the Premier Junior County Final and we're just going to see if we can get a quick update on that. It is St. Catherine's 1-5, Aaron Zone 1-12, 14 minutes gone in the second half. So it's a 15.8 lead for Aaron Zone in the Premier Junior Hurling Championship Final um, in the second half at Parky Cueve. And uh, as we'll hear later on in the Ladies Football Senior A County Final, Morn Abbey were crowned champions. They beat Air Rogue at M2 Bishopstown 2-12 to 2-11 and Liz Gould picked up honours as well. Uh, some news on the GA front. The Gaelic Players Association is calling for the GA to remove inter-county pre-season competitions. 90% of members backed the motion at uh, the AGM today. 
uh, provincial pre-season competitions are due to take place in January though in 2024 so we'll see what happens there um, there is a feeling that they're a bit redundant though um, isn't it that it's the season is long enough like the league really could just be the pre-season at this stage or if, if they're not going to try and uh, look we're short on time so I won't get into it all now but if they're not going to try and do something with the league and try to change that to make it feed into the championship a bit more then you may as well just have the National League as your pre-season and look as 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 great a competition as as the uh, the Co-op Superstars Munster Hurling League actually was this year it was quite entertaining at Cork picking up with the silverware as well which no one will complain about um, it is a bit much it's a bit much January to the whole way through for, for when you think of that inter-county and club player January to f- to December like it's it's constant so they do need a break uh, to be fair um, in basketball in the Insure My Van Dali Super League there is fixtures ongoing it's Neptune versus Mike Cullen and in the women's it's for the Matthews on the road against Waterford Wildcats we'll get some results on those a little later on uh, alright last night was uh, not great uh, Republic of Ireland of course losing 2-0 to Greece at Lansdowne Road and ending their hopes of qualifying in any way shape or form realistically for Euro 2024 uh, Corkman Shidoziog Benny was given the man of the match award by RTE last night here he is speaking after the game Chio, a good personal performance but a hugely disappointing night for the team and those scenes at the end the stadium emptying out a lot of booze not what you not what you want on a night like this where did it all go wrong? Um, honestly moral of the story we weren't clinical with the chances we got and this level you don't get many chances and we had two early on in the game where we didn't take them we were close we didn't take them and then the one ball they put in the box and they score and that was the moral of the night is there fragility and confidence then that when those early chances don't go your way, when Ferguson hits the post, that, that maybe heads drop too quickly? No, I don't think we. I don't think we dropped our heads. I think we kept persistent. But you know, goals change games, and if we were to score those chances, I think this this result would look different tonight. And um, the one chance they get, you know, they're able then to not you know drop into a low block and then it becomes difficult for us obviously if we were to score the chances we you know we wouldn't have to chase as much and it become easier we can become a counter-attacking team but as I said the first goal is very important and we just didn't get it today it seemed particularly difficult in the second half where maybe supporters are expecting you to come bursting out of the blocks was it just that that they have this low block you can't really get any momentum going at all because it just felt like there was a bit of a lack of energy at times in the second half from, from players from supporters from everybody yeah I think um when they did score what we set up to do they changed it and they kind of went into low 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 block as you said and the defenders were dropping deep and we just couldn't get enough pressure obviously you can't just commit everybody because it's on it's unprofessional and then they can get in behind so we had to just gauge it and try to get enough pressure but you know as i said when you get that goal and you're away from home all you're thinking is just upset the home team and um but you know we have to find answers to that because if that's to happen next time then I don't want to be in the same position we're in tonight so but I'm I think personally I think the first goal was you know I should have done better um the second goal obviously as well but I don't I don't know I'm I, I'm sitting here I mean I'm standing here talking to you and uh, we're obviously devastated with the performance with the result um and I feel for the manager, you know, he's doing his best, setting us up the right way. We're starting very strongly and just think maybe we just we need to be better in a final third and obviously in our, final, in our defensive third in defending and attacking and that's what cost us today. 
you've had plenty of special moments in an Ireland jersey already. What is it like when you're out on the pitch in the second half and you, I guess you get the sense that the crowd, their heads have dropped, it's a very quiet stadium, it's, it's not the sort of thing you're thinking about when you think about representing Ireland? Well, the first thing we went in the first half, I mean second, into the after the first half, the manager said, keep a cool head, don't get emotional, don't buy into, we know they might trying to time waste, and so don't get emotional, don't get buy into that kind of way, and we just tried to keep a cool head and just not chase the first goal so soon, try to get it in the right manner, and then hopefully the second one will follow, so we, and then by doing that, we're hoping to raise the atmosphere, and we just didn't do that, you know, I think um, it was difficult for us when I had it, I, I felt like I, I had to take two, three man, and I didn't obviously want to risk too much and we just we didn't cause them enough problems in the second half to, to get the crowd going and that, that's not our fault. It's very difficult to ask players questions about a, a manager's future but Stephen Kenny's been a very influential figure in your career and elevating your career and there are now huge question marks about his very short-term future as Ireland manager. Five defeats in six games in this campaign. How do you feel about that speculation, about those questions and the doubts that it seems an awful lot of the Irish fans have about his ability to lead this team? Um, I think, obviously, I'm disappointed that I hear such doubts because, you know, there's some great nations that come here and we've put it up to them and obviously when we lose against the nations that we believe we should be being, it's... um, it's 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 you know I feel like slightly blown out of proportion, but you know that's the pressure as a manager. But you know I feel like the, we need to do more. We need to do more for the manager. He sets up the right way, and the coaches we do so much work week in week out. And you know I think as a forward player, you know the forwards need to do more to take our chances. We can't just take the chances that we get for granted. And, and you know, obviously, as I said, goals change games. If we if we can t- take those chances, you know, we will be getting better results. And um, but yeah, as you said, I, I I hate to I hate to think that people have doubts because look how far we've come in such a short time. You know, I think the football we're playing is is more dynamic. But as I was, as you said, it's a result-based business. So I, I don't know what to say to you. Thanks for your time, Chiel. Yeah, Chidoziak Benny there speaking at the end of what was just a very difficult night for Ireland against Greece. Um, I just wanted it to end. It was pretty bad. And this tweet here is just even more strange. Um, Basically, if Ireland have any chance of getting into a playoff, they must lose to the Netherlands um, as it will create additional playoff spaces uh, possible to be taken up by Ireland uh, if Ireland win against the Netherlands they have no chance of getting a playoff so UEFA have made a bit of a an error in their uh, whatever way they've, they've decided to try and uh, create these these playoff spaces uh, so basically yeah if uh, Ireland needs the Netherlands to finish second to have any chance of getting some one of those consolation playoff roundy things that they do uh, so it'll be some sort of a tournament where it'll be really difficult to get out of anyway but yeah they only get that if they lose the Netherlands which just strange by UEFA that's the situation Ireland are in and look obviously Stephen Kenny's not going to be the Ireland manager for the next qualifying campaign that's quite clear now um, but like with Chido Benny, it's not been all bad either like Chiroz Yagbeni has gone from a, a League 1 player to a Premier League player under 
and thanks in a big way to Stephen Kenny's management of Ireland as well who has given him a chance to shine in the green shirt and uh, obviously he's played very well at club level as well which is great to see and they're just hoping that more players like that can uh, just uh, help towards Ireland's uh, progression over the next couple of years and look I think Lee Carsley is the man to do it I think it's Lee Carsley or Bust to be quite honest just hoping he, they can price him away from uh, from the FA. All right, let's move on uh, from that one. Uh, it's uh, obviously Gibraltar on Monday for Ireland in, uh, in that one as well. Um, it was Liskould 3-6, Ballin Hasek 1-6 in the Cork LGFA Junior D County Final at MTU Bishopstown today. Jer McCarthy was there speaking to Dara Canary afterwards, Cork senior player and Liskould player as well. Dara, congratulations. You've enjoyed a lot of great days in the Cork Senior Jersey and in the Liskool Jersey. You're a Junior C club next year, County Championship. What does it mean to the parish and to you as well? Sure, look, it means so much to us. Like, the lads have had loads of success over the last few years, so we know what that looks like. And it's just, it's our turn this time. We've two years of losing, and we that for a while there, we had no junior team, so it's just great to get back to it. And we have a lovely bunch of girls, loads of young ones there to bring us on to Junior C. Was that the fuel, the last couple of defeats? And in fact, you had a bit of success. Under 21? Um, yeah, we we won the under 21, I think it was C or D this year. So again, that'll drive up. There's a lot of those girls there that might have played in that and they, they weren't tagged on the sideline, but they've been there training with us all through the years. They're just too young yet. But that, that's what drove us on and we bottled that feeling from last year down in Castletown Roach to drive on. Um, there's a lot of young players, including yourself in this panel. Looking forward to having a crack off junior C next year? Definitely. So that's what you want. That's what you trained for. There's no point in playing in the lower leagues and you can try and give yourself a challenge and move up. And is this gold a place to be tonight? This gold is absolutely down towards us, down to Smarts tomorrow. We have the DJ on. <laughs> Congratulations, well done, Derek. Right, Thank you very much. Yeah, excellent stuff there. Derek Canary speaking to Jerry McCarthy after the school's win. Uh, and following that then, it was Morn Abbey who just about held off a resurgent Aerog towards the end of the game. 2-12 to 2-11 it ended. Um, a heart-stopping finale. Jerry McCarthy spoke to Rona McCarthy, the Morn Abbey manager, afterwards. Uh, Ronan McCarthy, first of all, congratulations. Fantastic victory for Morn Abbey, nine in the last ten years. Your first year in charge. Before we talk about what we just saw, why did you want to take this job on? Why did you want to get be, be, a, be a part of what is the Morn Abbey juggernaut over the last few years? Yeah, I, look, I, I suppose I hadn't. I'd been coaching uh, girls in Douglas um, with my own my own kids um, once I had finished with Cork. So. Listen, I, I, you know, they're, they were a very interesting, um, I suppose, proposition when, when I was asked. And um, they're a team with, you know, obviously massive ambitions every year. And I suppose okay, it was something that took me out of maybe my comfort zone in that, you know, it, it was certainly different for me. And, um, you know, they've been a fantastic club to work with, fantastic group of players to work with. Um, there's such, I suppose, quality throughout it, throughout the club and, and, and the team. And a great bunch of young players coming through as well. So, there was an awful lot really attractive about it and, and, and I really, really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy today? I know the result is there, but from a manager's point of view, Breed O'Sullivan getting that injury time winner, but what went before, there was just nothing between these sides. No, there was nothing and, and that was going to be the way and um, I suppose there's been a lot of change, let's say, from the team three years ago, that won three years ago, I think I think maybe nine of that team, are, you know, in total, we say five from 2021 and four from 2022 aren't here today playing, which is massive change. But but there's really really good um, quality players coming through underage, and I think the club, the club, uh, I suppose to be fair, you know, while they want to win now, they're also looking forward to the next group of players because you know Breed and Darren and all those Kira, 
listen, they're fantastic players, but they're not going to go on forever. So I think this is an important one for the club in that it's maybe a transition into a into a new team. And if you can do that and keep winning, then all the better. Just finally, the maturity that your younger players that you mentioned showed today, like losing the lead twice but still having enough in the tank to come back and put away a really quality team like Airog, that must give you hope heading into Munster. Oh, it does. And and listen, when when you come through, when you come out the right side of a of a game like that, you know we could equally have lost it, you know. And um, you know you come out the right side of it, it brings players on. You know we got a lot of young players into the team, young players starting, and it'll certainly help them. Um, you know it'll help them as we go into the into the monster campaign. But um, listen, what we do is you know we'll savor and enjoy today. Uh, everyone from counts, you never take it for granted, and and the club certainly don't. And. Uh, Look, they're, they're, they're a wonderful bunch of players. They show great heart today despite setbacks, you know, losing Laura Fitz. We obviously didn't have Dieran for the game. We got it in at the end. Um, and despite all that, you know, they kept at it and kept at it and got, got, got there eventually. Congratulations, well done. Okay, thank you. Thanks. All right, delighted to be joined on the line by Jer McCarthy, who was down at MTU Bishopstown for today's uh, Ladies Football County Finals, where Moran Abbey once again have come out on top. But what a finish to that uh, Ladies Football Senior A County Final. Yeah, Aiden, one of the best games I've seen in a long, long time between the two two very evenly matched teams, two of the best teams in this year's Cork LGFS Senior Football Championship. And when it mattered, the two teams delivered an absolute cracker that went down to the wire, looked like it was going to extra time as we had predicted beforehand, uh, but was decided by a fisted breed of Sullivan Point, five or nearly six minutes into injury time, 212 Moran Abbey, 211 huge crowd, great atmosphere, and just a really good day for Cork LGFA football, another county final that went down really well. But the same outcome, Aiden, even after all these years, their ninth title in, in 10 years, Moran Abbey are still the queens of Cork football. Yeah, and like uh, to have had pretty much the game under control there in the second half, to end up only coming out by a point, uh, and like you said, uh, just before we went on air, Airog to come so close, uh, it's, it's very tough for them. Heartbreaking. Aiden is the only word I could put on it afterwards. The players were absolutely devastated. The likes of Emer Scali, who played absolutely superbly, uh, once again uh, scored nine points on the day um, and was superb throughout and look the, the, sometimes there's nothing you can say uh, after the match you just have to leave players be but Aero contributed so much to this game they were got off to a great start they were level you know, a couple of times it was four points each early on in the game Mornabi also in that time frame very early on lost their Cork senior footballer Laura Fitzgerald who scored a hat-trick in last year's final to a shoulder injury uh, it was seven points to four in Mornabi's favour and then it was eight points and then a fantastic goal from Laura Walsh made it 1-8 to four points and you were thinking this could get away from them very very quickly but in fairness to Airog for the first of two times uh, today they bounced back Saif McGoldrick palming to the back of the net and they headed down to a two point deficit at the break 1-8 to 1-6 and then immediately into the second half Clara Lynch who played really really well for Morn Abbey she scored a point and converted a penalty and it was 2-9 to 1-6 and you were thinking here we go again once again uh, Airog dug deep Emer Scally landed a point Ashton O'Connor with a fantastic game at wing back burst forward to score a goal it was 210 to, uh, it was 2-11-2-8 with about 5 minutes to go and uh, even at that stage with that lead and with Darren O'Sullivan who was introduced she's been out injured for most of the season the club season with, with a bad injury she came on with about 5 minutes to go 3 points up in fairness to Aero once again they dug deep Emer Scally lights out 3 consecutive frees to make it 2-11 apiece extra time was beckoning everybody was getting ready for that and then in one of the game's final attacks about 6 minutes into injury time 
one of their uh, longest serving players Breed O'Sullivan the midfielder fisted over the bar to make it 212 to 211 and that was all she wrote a cracking county final sometimes as you know Aidan county finals can be hyped up and they just don't deliver for a lot of different reasons this was not the case today we had an absolutely brilliant game the stand was full in MTU there was great atmosphere huge heartbreak for Aerog that's three county final losses in a row but for Morn Abbey 9 out of 10 and on to Munster yeah, and to do it that dramatically must feel maybe better than some. You know, when you win something, yeah. it's always great. But if you win it by, uh, if you win it by, you know, nine or ten points, uh, winning it by a point probably feels that bit better, and uh, the, it'll be uh, extra sweet for more Navi. It certainly will, and in fairness to them, um, down through the years that we've been covering around the big red bench, as you well know, the usual names are Kira O'Sullivan, they're Duran O'Sullivan, they're Maeve O'Sullivan. Duran was injured today, they lost Laura Fitzgerald, Maeve O'Sullivan is abroad, they had a different goalkeeper, and Abby Hayes, who played superbly, and it's the names that we've not become so accustomed to that stood up today, and that's the big thing. Deirdre Cronin, Clara Lynch on the wing had a brilliant game, Ellie Jack was superb, Laura Walsh, the young corner forward, um, Anna Ryan in the half-back line, Grace Cronin, um, Molly Burke, a lot of young players in that in that team today. Mornabi, they just keep winning. They just keep finding ways to win. And this year's final was unique and different to all those other finals that they've won in that Shane Ronan, the Cork manager, is no longer in charge. And in charge this year is Ronan McCarthy, the former Cork senior football manager. And as for Aerog, they're much improved this year. And that's because Joe Carroll, the uh, former Cork All-Ireland minor winning manager, took over them at the start of the year. So look, these jobs have become very attractive in the county and uh, managerial jobs. And the reason being, there's some fantastic footballers in each of those clubs that I just mentioned there. And look, it is It'd be remiss of me not to mention Aerog because today is Mornabi's day yet again and they, they remain the yardstick in, in Cork football. But Aerog are getting so close. They're getting closer every year. And if you've got the likes of Laura Cleary, Emma Cleary, um, Orla Cahalan, Emer Cahalan, Maeve Cahalan came on at, um, at half time. But their midfield pair, Sive McGoldrick and Sean O'Connor and their wing backs, Claude O'Connor and Isabel Sheen and Ashling O'Connor, they all played fantastically well. Aerog did nothing wrong. I mean, nine times out of ten in any other game in any other county final with that performance, Aerog would be county champions tonight. But in 2023, Moore and Abbey remained the yardstick. They remained the team. On the perch that need to be knocked off, Aidan, but they don't look like they're going to be knocked off at any time soon. But the it's getting closer. Aerog are getting closer over the last three years. Um, it's hugely disappointing for them and heartbreaking, as I said, but they can console themselves with the fact they are, you know, they're very, very close to Mornabi now. And I know it's a long, long way off. But next season, they really are going to be very, very, they're going to be amongst the favourites once again for this county title. But as it stands, and as I mentioned there, this team, Mornabi, they just don't know how to lose. They just know how to win. They, they, when they play badly, they learn, they win. When they play well, they win. And they played well today because they absolutely had to push to the pin of their collars six minutes of injury time before Breedo Sullivan fisted the winning point and a terrific result for them uh, and another county title Absolutely yeah, it's, uh, it is incredible achievement to, to keep going year on uh, uh, year on year and uh, fair play to them and yeah both well for, for the years to come as well um, beforehand then the uh, the Junior D football final uh, was won by the schools and uh, it looks like they really enjoyed that one as well some great scenes at the end of that <laughs> Yes, and I think on a day it's worth mentioning. This is the junior D level, which is you know people will be saying junior D is it's, it's a bit of, it's a bit off senior. Well, it may well be, but the 
final and the atmosphere and the crowd that was uh, that was present here today for this particular game made it an absolute barn burner. It was terrific from start to finish. Ballon Hasek are a very young team. I think that's the first thing we need to say. And look, as disappointing as this result would be, they, you know, there was something like, I think, four yellow cards in the game. Even though it wasn't a particularly dirty game, there was incidents that required yellow cards in various stages. Ballon Hasek were ahead. But Liz Gould with Dara Canary in the, in the Cork Senior as well that we spoke afterwards she she led from the front a very very young school team that won an under 21 county last year and they're going to celebrate this one long into the night and in over the next couple of days and weeks perhaps um, but deservedly so but it says a lot about the talent I think in, in, in the Cork LGFA scene which we've been covering you know, all year, like that, down to junior D level, that uh, the stand was pretty much full for that game between Ballinhassing and Liscool. Both sets of supporters were brilliant and got behind their teams. And if you can bring that level of a crowd out for a junior D final and produce that quality final that, that both teams did, hard hitting, really, really good game that Liscool just won in the end. And I tell you now, they're going to be a team to watch next year at Junior C. They're certainly ready for it. Very young, very able. And we have not heard the last of Ballinhassing either. Yeah, and uh, just just on that point, I suppose, I'm not sure if, if this is even an educated take, but it does look like the girls enjoy these things way more than than, 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 than the men do. Like, uh, the, the jubilation at the end of these games, like, sometimes you see men's teams winning stuff and uh, it's more relief and uh, the fact mm. that it's all over with. But uh, the girls, like, Camogie ladies football, they actually look like they're enjoying it, which is a breath of fresh air. Well, what I'd say to that is that... The women, when it comes to women's football in Cork and, they, and the LGFA, they prepare just as diligent, diligently, and they put in as much effort. They did. I think it was something like seventy training sessions. They were talking about in their speech afterwards at Liscool yeah. have gone through this year. Jesus, yeah. They prepared just as much as the men, if not more. They put as much time and effort into it, and they they definitely do enjoy it as much as the men, if not better. But the difference here, Aidan, is that there's so many clubs in Cork playing ladies football now. It's down to Junior F. Every Thursday on the Women in Sport podcast, I have results from the Junior F competitions yeah. because it's competitive. There's teams, there's clubs all over the county in four corners, like mid, east, west and and north. It's so popular. It's getting even more popular at underage level. I don't even have time to get all the underage in the county finals that go on there. But at the moment, at senior and adult level, it's getting better and better each year. We had a triple header here last week in MTU with huge crowds as well. We saw Castlehaven, we saw Donovan Rossa, and just a word on Donovan Rossa, and they beat um, their Tipperary opponents today in the first round and the quarterfinals of the Munster Junior A. Uh, county championship so they are now into a monster semi-final having beaten uh, Donnie's last week to win the Junior A title and then we had Glanmire the big drama there beating Neva Vaughan three years in a row Glanmire lost intermediate county finals and on the fourth attempt they beat last year's All-Ireland Junior A finalist Neva Vaughan from Balavorny to reach the senior grade Everywhere you look this year, there are storylines. Every grade, it's been fantastic. And we had another fantastic day out here today for Cork LGFA. Well-supported, brilliant across social media channels as well. Loads of interest in these finals. And I'm delighted to see it because it gets better and better and it's getting stronger and stronger each year. And it's a real pleasure to get the report on it here for the Big Red Bench. No, absolutely dead right. Uh, commiserations to Ballinhasig and Airog and congratulations to Liscould and Mornabby uh, picking up silverware today and like you said, they will definitely enjoy the celebrations tonight. John McCarthy, thanks a minute for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, excellent stuff there and uh, full-time uh, result to bring you from Parky Cueve.
Aaron's own have won the Premier Junior County Championship. They defeated St. Catherine's 114-29 and it's back-to-back titles for Aaron's own as well. All right, we're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, Shona McGrath is going to talk to us about tomorrow's County Hurling final between Sars and Middleton. Adrian Barry is going to talk to us from Paris and we'll have more build-up as well to Ireland versus New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup quarterfinal. Don't go away. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock. And tomorrow is, of course, the biggest day of the hurling calendar here in Cork. The Co-op Superstars Premier Senior Hurling Championship Final. Sarsfields versus Middleton at Parky Cueve throwing is 4 o'clock. The curtain raiser there is the Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship Final. Castle Lions looking to finally get their hands on that trophy when they take on Kilworth at 2pm. Shawnee McGrath was talking to us earlier today to preview both games. Alright, delighted to be joined on the line now by Cork legend Shawnee McGrath, head of the biggest uh, weekend in the club hurling calendar here in Cork, the uh, Premier Senior Hurling Championship final between Sarsfields and Middleton this Sunday, 4 o'clock at Parky Cueve. Uh, Shawnee, you looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Aidan. Um Hopefully it'll be a good game. I think the championship today has been kind of maybe six out of ten. It hasn't been. It's been exciting, but it hasn't been. You know, the hurling hasn't been outstanding. So really looking forward to, you know, a good game of hurling anyway. First, um, a good, hopefully close contest. Um, you know, and I think both teams, you know, showed their spirit in the semi-final with their narrow victories. Um, so as I said, hopefully it'll be a good, close, well-contested game and some good hurling in it. I suppose Sarsfields will get the, the majority of the coverage. Obviously, it's been such an emotional year for the club, losing the great Teddy McCarthy and the man on the sideline, Johnny Crowley. I think he was coaxed back into the setup by Teddy Mack, wasn't he? Uh, so it's, uh, it is going to be an emotional day for, for the Sarsfields club. Yeah, well, um, I suppose the danger there is that you maybe get too caught up in the emotion um, and the occasion might get to them and... They might think that they have a right to win it because of that, and you don't. Like I mean, these games are they're hard to win county finals. Any game is hard to win any championship game, particularly against a team like Middleton. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Maybe um, that it would probably be great for Odd Lamoy or Odd Associated if they if they did win it. Um, Sarsfield in honour of Teddy. Um, Johnny Crowley has a great record in management in general, and he was managing the team I think way back in 2010. And the Rock is on the line, and Sars as a, as a club maybe you know made some big calls, and the management themselves then made some big calls with the players. So. Um, all in all that you know augurs well I suppose for Sars and you'd say that maybe on the back of that there are maybe slight favourites May- maybe just marginal Yeah. but um, you know the danger then Aidan of course is that you know you you, do, you know, you kind of get caught up in all that euphoria and, um, you know you forget that there's a game to be played and you know Middleton are going to be really really hard days. as I said they barely came through their own semi-final they showed fierce cuts against the Bears and, um, but I think they were impressive enough in the group stages and they've got some really really good players so you know, hard game for Sars, but you know it would be huge with you know the whole symbolism that goes with obviously the great Teddy McCarthy and bringing Johnny Crowley and the Rock in. Um, but we'll see. Be a tough contest. We'll see. Yeah, Middleton are an interesting team. Obviously, look, they they've got winning pedigree. They were they were county champions uh, only a couple of years ago. Um, I was just reading here on Carmican in the Examiner five of the Middleton back seven are uh, age twenty three or younger, and then up the other end of the pitch, it's a much different story, isn't it? So so much experience. Mm. Luke O'Farrell, Connor Lehan. Um, I think Luke O'Farrell first played in two thousand and six 
Uh, it's, it, it, that's an incredible record uh, for 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 playing senior. Um, but they are a very interesting side. They've got that nice blend of youth and experience. Yeah, and, and exactly, you know, feeds into the point I'm trying to make it. And you know that all the sort of stuff that's in favour of Sars, you know, they're up against. You know, these are probably two of the best teams in club Cork Championship. Hurling, um, Middleton, you know, all the players you mentioned, you know, have been outstanding servants. Luke has been an unbelievable servant for Middleton. He was a great Cork player as well. He's got an eye for goal. And even when he's not getting goals, you know, he chips in with scores. He's always getting your scores. I thought he was a little bit quiet in the semi-final, but up to that point, he'd been good. Um, and he's a kind of a county final day player. Um, he's a big match player. So, you know, um, and in the backs then, you have Tommy O'Connell's and, you know, Maloney and O'Leary Hayes, names like that. Luke, the name would be a huge loss, but they have a fantastic sprinkle of... of, of veterans, elder statesmen and sort of youth. So combine all that together then, you know, it can be quite a potent weapon. So um you know the and again like you know they they have that mix I suppose of, you know, flair players and X Factor players and obviously grit. I mean Bazang's goal towards the end of the game showed, you know, I suppose I made the own point my own point in the examiner earlier in the week that you know, players when they're not really playing well, I always like that in a player to kind of, you know, have the composure to finish. That was a hard finish, that half volley on the ground. Um, it was a great goal and you know it shows how strong he is uh, mentally I suppose as well as his hurling ability so you know Middleton are a really really good side they've got you know again I made a point that the X Factor player they probably have more the, you know the, the, the games themselves now are so tactical and um, the setups, the matchups, all that kind of stuff and a lot of the time when you're looking down there might only be two or three attackers and everyone is flooding back so for all the formations and setups you know a lot of these games in general not just going to finals are decided by top top players just stepping up and you know, the best player on view probably you know ability wise anyway tomorrow is Conor Lehan and he's coincidentally playing for Middleton so it's a huge trump card for them to have him which is which is what just makes the Sarsfields um, challenge so big I suppose and you know when you isolate Conor on his own you know how do you mark him do you just go toe to toe and just mark him or do you kind of get two around him or you almost let him go wandering if he goes out from centre forward towards midfield and try and get you know traffic around that area and try and make it a small bit zonal. My own opinion is top players need to be marked. So if I was there, I'd be marking Connor. But obviously the Rock and Johnny Crowley are a lot wiser than me, and they come up with their own setup. But yeah, I think that when you put all that together, and that's why I think it could be a really good county final. I think the Cork Championship needs it, Aiden. It's yeah. kind of limped along, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully a good day, hopefully a big crowd, and hopefully a ferocious contest. Yeah, exactly, and like no matter who wins it, like it's going to be a massive uh, achievement for either side. Um, Sarsfields, I guess, a lot of people said at the start of the year, should they, or at the start of the championship, even should they get it together? They are the farm team heading into it. They won the Red FM Hurling League. They had the majority of their team together for most of the year, which I actually spoke to Johnny Crowley about um, just before the the county league final, and he said that they really did try to make use of that because they knew that was an advantage. And it's it the fruits of the labour are coming out here now, and they're into the county final. They've been together for the whole year basically. And how much of that can you draw on when you when you think back? If you're in a dressing room and you, you're there sitting next to a guy you've been training with day in, week in, week out since February, since you know toiling away in the muck and the puddle, and then maybe the Middleton guys, you know, even though they were out of the, out of the inter county championship so early, they're they're together a long time as well. But they weren't that uh, you know they weren't all together for the whole year like Sarsfields were. Is that a big factor, or do you think at this stage of the year um, it, it it doesn't really make much of a difference? Yeah, look, it's a very valid point, Aidan. Um, just my own opinion would be that, yeah, I think their last couple of sentences there, just at this stage of the 
year, it probably wouldn't come for a whole pile. What I would say is that, you know, um, it, it could come to, to, to bear maybe at certain stages in the game. Um, I think, you know, Sars have a setup and they go with that setup and they go through the lines and they try and maybe get Jack O'Connor isolated inside and maybe feed him. But, you know, their, their game did break down um, in the second half against the O'Kelly and, you know, they struggled for scores. And, I mean, really, the goal they got just before they got the goal they got the Aaron Myers free and up to that juncture they only had 14 points you know almost 59 minutes of, of play which isn't a great return like but they had the mental fortitude the mental strength whatever the word is to kind of get the goal but what I think is when teams are united and they've been kind of through the wars together it's in those moments maybe that windy game plan isn't going the way it should go and you know the ball isn't really sticking and fellas touches maybe slightly out because you need to really be slick when you're going through the lines and you're giving short and key fast passes and hard passes to hand you know it's when it breaks down like that that's when the unity comes in, that someone steps up or someone gives a little clap in the back or someone throws the shoulder in or the hook or the block. You know, that's where real team spirit comes um, comes really into play. Like Because, you know, the game plan won't always go to plan um, yeah. and it will break down at stages. So to back your point up, yeah, there was ferocious spirit in there and they were the ones that got the goal. Um, you know, Kelly probably should have seen it out. That's free, should have been cleared. And, you know, it was an incredible goal. Of course, there was a bit of luck. A lot of goals are kind of half fluky someone just jumped up and got on the end of it but you could argue and I know Johnny would probably Johnny Crowley would extenuate the positives we were united we were the ones that stuck in there and we were the ones that got the draw so to back your point up Aiden, of course it counts for something yeah absolutely and then they just they just so happened to face a team that know exactly how to do it all on the other side um, to push you for a prediction then Middleton or Sarsfields uh, who do you think will take home the silverware yeah, I suppose after the semi-final and walking out of the ground I kind of you know I had Middleton in my head um, but just as the two weeks have gone on and particularly as you know from kind of Tuesday Wednesday on this week I just have a slight fancy for Sars um, I just think you know I, I, I just think Jack O'Connor's form is coming good Colin McCarthy is a live wire he got some great scores the last day if Aaron Myers he's a big player if Aaron Myers can get his freeze and get 9 out of 10 because I think you know the ground is after getting heavy and um, ball might flow as fast you know I, I just think there's a small bit more about them there might be a tiny bit over reliance on Connor Lehan with Middleton so just a slight fancy for, for Sarah's um, Aiden. and just then quickly uh, Castle Lions versus Kilworth in the Premier Intermediate Hurling Final uh, the curtain raiser there who do you think will come on with, uh, on the right side of that one yeah I, I suppose like they've been forever the bridesmaid like you'd almost yeah. it sounds a bit stupid but Castle Lions almost have to win it uh, they've been knocking on the door so much but Kilworth are the dark horses came out of the group stages and um, just on the head-to-head themselves with Battle Hassig, even though they had an inferior scoring difference. You know, it was an incredible achievement. They win the last day against a fancy Balancholic. I thought Balancholic would win. Would win. They've got two brilliant attackers in Michael Sheen and, and Noel McNamara. Um, there's fierce unity in that camp as well. Um, but I just think Castle Lions, you know, they've got real score-getters. Anthony Spillane is scoring really well. They've got 10 goals in the championship to date. David Morrison has five goals. You know, they're, they're, you know, goals do decide games and they've gotten 10 even though Kilworth have, have gotten eight. But I just fancy from an experienced point of view and the fact that they've played in county finals regularly over the last few years, I'd give Castle Lions a I fancy in that one, Aiden. Absolutely. You're on duty tomorrow, I take it, for Rebels Online. Yeah, I am, Aiden, yeah. Um, and have done a good few of them throughout the, the summer or um, the autumn now, as we call it. Um, yeah, we're on and can look forward to it. And I suppose it's a Gantt review as well. You get to see a, a different perspective, I suppose, up high there, so and probably with the Bowlanders again tomorrow so looking forward to it absolutely excellent stuff we'll enjoy it and uh, thanks a minute for joining us no problems thanks Aidan
Yeah, thanks to Shani for going through all of that with us. All right, let's turn our attention now to the rugby. It's Ireland versus New Zealand. Adrian Barry of Off the Ball is in Paris, and I spoke to him earlier on. Okay, delighted to be joined on the line by Off the Ball's Adrian Barry, head of what is possibly one of the biggest sporting events of the decade uh, tonight. Uh, Ireland taking on New Zealand, looking to reach the last four of the Rugby World Cup for the very first time. Adrian, uh, you're over in Paris. What's the uh, what's the atmosphere like? I know it's it's quite still early in the day. Yes, there's uh what have we still about maybe seven or eight hours to go until the game itself. Like, but is is it building already? Is there is there excitement? Is there a bit of tension? It's all of those things, to be honest. Uh, we're broadcasting here from O'Sullivan's pub on the Boulevard de Clichy in the Pigalle district of France, of Paris. And yeah, it's already starting to hop. It was, it was, um, there were a lot of Irish people uh, here last night uh, soaking up the atmosphere. Is that the euphemism that we use for these things? Yeah. Uh, very much enjoying themselves. And even, uh, as you say, local time, still very early in the day, a lot of hours to go before the game. There are plenty of them who are back in again. Uh, uh, soaking up that atmosphere so but a long day ahead I think uh, pacing themselves is probably the way to go and it is incredible the crowds that have gone over so far to all of the games and I imagine as well like the crowd is possibly 80-20 tonight in favour of Ireland obviously it's it's in the Northern Hemisphere it's possibly to be expected but it's quite unique that you have for a, for a World Cup you know usually with a World Cup the fans travel with the team and they're in the same place for the whole duration of the tournament but people are just kind of hopping over and back uh, from from France to Ireland uh, overnight, um, it's it's a unique enough sort of uh, tournament so far. But it, the crowds have been amazing. Yeah, I haven't seen any. To be honest, I've been here since Thursday afternoon, and I haven't seen any New Zealand jerseys. There obviously are uh, about the place, but I just have not seen them. And I've seen obviously an awful amount of um, Irish people and Irish jerseys about. There's a huge amount of South African fans around ahead of their huge game, obviously tomorrow night as well. Uh, Eighty twenty. I don't know. Is that the is that the estimate? It feels like. Certainly, if the experience around Central Paris over the last couple of days is to go by, it could be even more than that. And then I think you add into the mix the fact that like the Irish fans have been so vocal and vibrant and like they're in the ground well over an hour. The, the stadiums have tended to be full well over an hour before kickoff. Kiwi fans, by their own admission, they're a bit sterner. They're not as much crack when they're in the stadium. They're not getting behind their team in the same way that uh, that the Irish fans are. Like It will have the feel of a home game for what that's worth. And it does feel like it is sort of make it make or break for Ireland at this stage, I suppose. Um, you know, if they if they re- if they don't reach the semi final this time around, it, it's hard to see when the next time you, you possibly have another opportunity to do it. When you think of the likes of Johnny Sexton, Peter O'Mahony are all playing their last World Cup, um, and I think it's uh, probably personified most by former players who were just so nervous at this prospect and no, maybe it's no wonder that uh, they, they had their own struggles in their time because they are probably the most nervous people in the country or the people who've been there before and know how hard it is to do it I think John, Johnny Sexton particularly I would love to see him play for another two years he won't get as far as another World Cup clearly and uh, he may well come out after the World Cup and just tell everybody how hard it's been for him over the last couple of years in terms of the physical struggle and maybe on the mental side but if uh, from the outside looking in he has never been playing as well he you know um, has been uh, been involved in so much of the physical stuff over the pool stages and um, so far so good touch wood that everything has been good on that front so I'd, I'd say that number one like by all accounts he is going to retire and as you said this could end up in his last professional game of rugby um but you'd have to be very excited in terms of the future of Irish rugby um like there is the do or die aspect obviously to this stage of the tournament and 
the obvious um, impact of whichever way the outcome goes. But I would be very positive about the future of Irish rugby, even without Johnny Sexton. I think we should be very excited about what Jack Crowley brings to the brings to the mix. I think he's a young player. He's still going to make some mistakes. We should be very forgiving of that. Yeah, you mentioned the former players. You'd often hear Ronald Agara talk about the number of caps that you need to get under your belt at that level of rugby. It's a big step up from, certainly from the URC, it's a big step up from uh, the Champions Cup. Um, but he has looked, more often than not, right at home in that environment. And when he comes off the bench, there's no nervous anticipation from the crowd. In fact, the opposite. I think people are very excited about what he brings to the brings to the table. So I just think when you add in that, and of course, Peter O'Mahony, another um a uh, legend of Irish rugby now and has passed the 100, 100 cap mark and they really fed into that obviously in the lead into the uh, Scotland game. This one I believe from listening to some of the comments from the camp during the week that a lot of the talk has been Johnny himself saying that you know he is coming towards the end of his career so is that the motivation that they're that they're using uh, for this game we we shall see but um, look you're absolutely right uh, it's a it's a do or die uh, it's possibly the last World Cup game for, for some of these players, the, certainly the two names that you've mentioned there. Um, but at the same time, regardless of what happens tonight, and we, we hope it's a win, and we hope that the hoodoo of the quarterfinal is done, but I'd still be very positive about the future of Irish rugby. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could be very easily criticised for overhyping Jack Crowley on this show over the past uh, couple of years. As right. well. So uh, hopefully he plays a part tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, the man from Inna Shannon. So uh, we look forward to seeing him. Um, just on the All Blacks then, it, they really don't feel like the All Blacks of old. You know, they, they don't have maybe that fear factor that they've always had. But underestimate them at your peril, I suppose. Um, but there is there is a bit of unrest there. Like Foster, the coach, he isn't exactly the most... Uh, well-liked or well-backed coached in the tournament, obviously. Um, although he does have a very interesting uh, man in his team with him, obviously Joe Schmidt, who we know quite well. I believe, by the way, the talking to a couple of fans last night, the signs are out in a Shannon abandon are uh, have been flying high over the last while for Mr. Crowley. So um, hopefully they'll have to uh, stay up there for a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Listen, it's it's such an, an extra little bit of spice, isn't it, for the game to have Josh Smith in there? And while the Irish tactics have clearly moved on dramatically over the last four years, significantly really, and you know, an unrecognisable team in many ways in terms of what they're allowed, the licence that the players are given themselves by Andy Farrell and his coaching staff to be themselves and to respond to what they see on the pitch. They are definitely a very different team in that regard. That said, he does know these personalities. I was talking to Rory Best doing an interview with him during the week and asking him about the, the impact of that and he said like obviously there is that bit of he does know Johnny Sexton inside out and he does know Peter Romani inside out um, so he knows the personalities and of course that gives him a little bit of edge, an edge but he was also making the point that, that Josh Smith is so studious and methodical about his preparation that you would think regardless of who they were playing if they happened to be playing South Africa tonight that the information that he would be presenting to the players would be as if he knew them anyway so there is that sort of element to it and look there is it is an extra bit of spice. We will only hindsight is great. We'll only figure out later on exactly what sort of an impact that has had. But you're absolutely spot on, Aidan, to say that they're not the uh, All Blacks that we once knew. We've had the Mark Talea stuff during the week where he was um, banished from the 23 this week because of some sort of an internal disciplinary issue. You've had, like as you say, Ian Foster is obviously leaving um, at the end of this campaign no matter what happens. And then you also have the fact that Ireland have been there and done it against them. Like we've never yeah. gone into a World Cup against against uh, New Zealand and and um, uh, quarterfinal this this stage obviously we know what happened four years ago um, and and been the favourites for it so look there's a lot in that and I think 
if we get going in the first 20 minutes, if we make a good start to this game, can we plant a few more seeds of doubt? Just have them thinking about those things, uh, start to doubt themselves a little bit. And um, I would typically in a match week be become more apprehensive about the outcome the closer uh, the game comes. Um, I'm feeling more positive the closer we get to kick off tonight. Wayne Barnes in the middle, do you think he'll have a big influence? I think he actually refereed um, Ireland's win over the All Blacks in Dublin in 2018. So he has been in the middle to see Ireland succeed against the All Blacks before. And it, it's so funny, Like obviously referees are a very difficult subject these days, but they very much are, you know, if, if you can put the impression of being the superior team in the referee's head, it definitely helps you, you know, and they do tend to favour that more superior side. And I've read a lot about Wayne Barnes. He can fixate on a team at times in certain games. How big of a factor do you think he is? Or yeah, it's is a game within a game, isn't it? With the with the referee, like you're playing the opposition, but like you also see with at times where um, a team will have to set up in a way or communicate in a way with the referee to try and give them the best possible advantage. Very interesting scenario earlier in the tournament where Johnny Sexton was with Ben O'Keefe, um, if memory serves, in one of the earlier games where. Um, he Ben O'Keefe had been saying to the opposition that you know you need to stay within this line, you need to stay two meters back. And Sexton was saying to him, "Stop telling them to do that because yeah. if they if if you stop guiding them through it, they're going to give they're giving us a penalty, which uh, which we're entitled to, which is a fair enough point, but it does clearly demonstrate that game within a game. And yeah, just in terms of Barnes, like I think I think uh, sort of what you're saying there is maybe he can be a bit fussy at times and. Uh, there can be that element to it, but also he's a very experienced referee. It's an impossible job, as we know. We are really hoping upon hope that uh, tonight that he's not the story. I'm sure he's probably thinking the same thing himself. That uh, that the game will flow. I think that would be that would be an important thing probably for both sides. Um, and he lets them play to 100% of their ability, and that he's not the story afterwards. And if that happens, um, as I said, I do think that we'd be looking at an Irish win. So yeah, I was just going to push you for a prediction. I think I think everybody here is going to lean on an Irish win. I think there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's never been more optimism. But uh, if I was to push you for that, maybe scoreline something in 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 what you think the scoreline is going to be and who you think the match winner might be for Ireland if they are to do it. Yeah, I think the Irish defence is going to be key again. You know, like we know the ability, no matter Mark Delay or not. Of those um, that that New Zealand team, like we know the ability they have, the ability they have to score tries. So I think that we we you try and match that up, obviously, with an incredible Irish defence. Like we've seen what a wall they've been at times, holding teams out, like who have been pounding the Irish line five metres out, even against South Africa, Ireland, or driving them back past the 22. So I think that's going to be key again tonight. Like everybody's sticking exactly to their roles, executing the skills as they and tackles as 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 we know they can. That's going to be hugely important. That we're not falling off any of them that all of those get absolutely nailed. And I think if all that happens, um, and, and like this team are playing to 95%, the Irish team are playing to 95% of their ability every time they take to the pitch. And I think if we do that, I'd be very, very confident um, that we would come out with the win. Uh, I can see a couple of different outcomes. I think if it's uh, there could be a tight win either side. I can't see New Zealand... Uh, stretching their legs. I can't see them winning by seven, eight, ten points. If it was come to that, if they do win, I think they'll just get over the line. Obviously, I could see Ireland doing similarly, but my my gut is telling me Ireland by seven or eight points. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, look, hopefully we'll be here uh, next week previewing a, a massive last four clash against either Wales or Argentina, which we'll know in a few hours' time. Adrian Barry, enjoy the atmosphere in Paris and enjoy the game and hopefully Ireland get the job done.
Thanks, Aidan. Enjoy it. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.